Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Anne Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. Now, listen to this new and exciting episode, in which she again seeks hot copy in today's story, Out of This World. Adapted from the original script, as broadcast on radio, Sunday, May 29th, 1944. This is a lot of nonsense. Let's... Silence, everyone! The spirit world is near. <laughs> Spirits? Hogwash. There's no such thing. <laughs> Roger Thayer? Hush, Walter. Listen. Roger. Roger Thayer. Speak, Roger Thayer. Answer the spirit. Yes. Yes. I am here, spirit. Who are you? In your world, my name was Margaret. Margaret? Oh. oh. Peg. Peg. Are you happy over there? Think not of me, Roger. I am at peace. Except for one fear. One fear, Peg? I cannot rest, Roger, for dread of what may befall you. Please, listen closely. We in the next world can foresee things which threaten those we loved on Earth. I fear for you. There are those close to you who envy and desire your worldly goods. Uncle, don't listen to any such... Walter, hush! Peg, advise me. Who can I trust? What should I do? Trust him who opens the pathway between us, Roger. Trust only Dr. Arthur Lorenz. Trust only Dr. Lorenz. Only Dr. Lorenz. Yes, Peg. Whatever you say. Whatever you say is right. 
And don't forget, every letter from home is a five-minute furlough for the soldier boy in the foxhole. So be sure to write today. There, got that, Sprightly? Uh-huh. Be sure to write today. Yep, it's ready to go. What's next, Annie? Now we just sit back and relax for a little while. Nope, that's what you think. <laughs> if you're not a bill collector, come right in. Hi, Miss Anne, Miss Sprightly. Well, fan my brow, if it ain't Lieutenant Flanagan in person. <laughs> Why, hello, Mike. Come in. Thanks, Miss Anne. Look, I'd like for you to meet Mr. Walter Larkin. And Larkin, this is Miss Anne Rogers. Hi. Pleased to meet your acquaintance, Miss Rogers. Why, thank you. It's very nice to meet you, too, Mr. Larkin. And this is her assistant, Miss Sprightly Poole. Miss Sprightly, nice to meet you. Hello. A pleasure. Won't you all please sit down, gentlemen? You bet. Thanks. Ah, ah, no. And that's a relief. I've been working like a dog lately. My feet is killing me. Brain fatigue? Yeah, I guess so. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Brain fatigue? Now look here. Oh, Mike, when are you going to learn not to leave yourself open for gags like that? <laughs> I don't know. When the Cubs start winning some games, I guess. <laughs> well, now, this bandion of pleasantries is all very well and good, Miss Anne. But me and Mr. Larkin... We has got a little problem. Oh? Yeah. Tell her about it, Mr. Larkin. Well, now, I'd... I'd like to. But it may not be exactly up your alley, Miss Rogers. Don't let that bother you. I was a reporter for a long time before I started writing a column, and I haven't lost my nose for news. That's right, Mr. Larkin. Miss Rogers is a news hawk. And a good one. She's cracked a lot of tough cases. <clears throat> that is, I mean, her and me has cracked a lot of tough cases together. I liked the first version better. Well, in that case, Miss Rogers, it's about my uncle. Uh, uh, Roger Thayer. Thayer? Roger Thayer? The importer? That's right. Sixty-ish. Quite wealthy collects antique glassware, and noted for his very generous donations to charities. That's Uncle Roger, all right. See what I mean, Mr. Larkin? Oh, my, yes. Now, what is this problem that you're concerned about? Well, it's like this, Miss Rogers. My Aunt Margaret passed away about two months ago. She and my uncle had been happily married for almost 30 years. He was devoted to her, and naturally her passing was quite painful to him. Naturally. For a short time, I was afraid that grief might uh, undermine him completely. He's no longer a young man. While his mind is perfectly stable, 
He has the whims and stubborn notions of an elderly person. You understand? Yes, of course. And so? Something happened. Something which, at first, I, I didn't fear at all. In fact, I rather welcomed it, because I hoped it might keep my uncle from brooding. And that was? A certain clairvoyant, or whatever you wish to call him, got in touch with Uncle Roger and told him he had received a message from the spirit world from a woman named Margaret. He invited Uncle Roger to attend one of his seances. And he did so? Yes. He came home, glowing with happiness, and told me he had spoken to Aunt Margaret, and that she was well and happy in the afterlife. He began attending these uh, seances regularly, and he became more and more convinced that this uh, phony spiritualist actually does open a pathway between this world and the beyond. But now... Yes? Well, this thing has become an obsession. He began contributing very heavily to the maintenance of the Temple of Exotic Mysteries, with the seances held. And he has never stopped doing so. I began to get alarmed when I found his checkbook and discovered the large number of checks he had written to this man, this this Dr. Arthur Lorenz. Dr. Arthur Lorenz? Yes, you know of him. Know of him? Oh, he's a faker, a pure and simple faker. He's no more of a clairvoyant than I am. Yes, well, I demanded that Uncle Roger take me to the next seance. He did. And I quickly figured out Dr. Lorenz's entire tricky scheme. Do tell. A voice that called itself Margaret warned my uncle to distrust everyone, even his family and friends. She advised him to turn all of his financial affairs over to the guidance of Dr. Arthur Lorenz. And what was your uncle's reaction? He agreed. He promised the spirit voice that he would do anything she asked. I... I see. Well, Mike, isn't there anything you can do? As a man, I suppose I could go over there and pop that guy Lorenz one on the snoot. But Miss Anne, as a cop, I can't move a muscle. But why not? Ain't there laws against phony fortune tellers and other such rackets? Oh, yes, there are laws, all right. But we ain't got any complaints from anybody that's been a victim. Now, if this here Roger Thayer were to squawk about himself being clipped, that would be one thing. But just coming from his nephew, it don't mean a thing. I see. A very clever setup for Dr. Lorenz. You ain't kidding. That's why I brought Mr. Larkin here to see you. I can't help him legally. But I thought maybe you could write something about this racket. No, that won't work either. <sighs> Mike, I'm locked in chains by the very same limitations that you are. 
If I accuse Dr. Lorenz of wrongdoing, but with no solid evidence to verify my statements, he could file a lawsuit for defamation. And win. Then there's nothing we can do about it? Are you telling me that we can only stand idly by and watch him steal every red cent of Uncle Roger's money? No, I didn't say that. There is something we can do, or at least try. What are you thinking, Miss Anne? Yes, don't keep us in suspense. Oh, Miss Rogers, if you do have an idea, tell us. I have a very simple plan. We are going to give Dr. Lorenz just enough rope to hang himself. Uh, Miss Rogers? I, I, I don't understand. How long did it take Dr. Lorenz to get in touch with your uncle after your Aunt Margaret passed away? Why, well, I, I, I don't really remember. It wasn't too long. I think uh, it, uh, less than a week. And her death was merely printed in the obituary column? Never mentioned on the front page? Annie, what's this all about? What? Sprightly, tomorrow morning you are going to inherit a half a million dollars. I am? Holy cow! Congratulations, Sprightly! No, no, no. I don't mean actually. Only in the newspaper. And solely for the eyes of Dr. Arthur Lorenz. I will arrange for tomorrow morning's paper to carry the full story of your inheritance, Sprightly. And then? We just hope that Dr. Lorenz reads the story. And we simply wait to hear from him. Secretary inherits fortune from relative. Half million dollar bequest overwhelms beneficiary. <sighs> oh, Annie, ain't it wonderful? What's wonderful, Sprightly? All this money. Wish I could express gratitude to Uncle Sob's grateful niece. Sprightly, for heaven's sake, you've read that story a dozen times this morning. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. And every time I look at it, I feel worse. I wish there was some way that I could let dear Uncle Ephraim know just what this inheritance means to me, Miss Poole told reporters last night. I had not seen him for years and now will never be able to thank him. Sprightly, put that paper down this instant and stop sniffling. But poor Uncle Ephraim. There isn't any Uncle Ephraim, Sprightly, and you didn't inherit any money. Now, please, for goodness sake. Gosh, that's right. There isn't, and I'm not. Oh. <sighs> oh, well. But I can dream, can't I? You certainly can. <laughs> More vividly than anyone I know. Well, I hope that phony news story convinces Dr. Lorenz just as easily as it did me. <laughs> Do you think it will, Annie? I don't know, but I hope so, because if it doesn't, we will have wasted an entire workday. Annie, maybe you should have written into the story that I work for the paper. Then we could have gone to work this morning as usual instead of sitting here in my apartment waiting for the phone to ring. That way, Dr. Lorenz could have just called me at the office, if he's going to call. Because, darling, 
I don't want him to have any idea that you're a newspaper woman or that you know anything about newspapers. Otherwise, he'd immediately suspect a trap. I get it. Then that's why you didn't use yourself as the honeypot. Lawrence might recognize the name Anne Rogers as soon as he saw it. Very probably. <gasps> Sprightly. Oh, golly. Should I? Yes, right away. No, wait. Huh? Not like that. You're grinning from ear to ear. You need to be sad, Sprightly. Please. Dredge up that sorrow you were whimpering all morning. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Poor Uncle Ephraim. Hello? Is this Miss Poole? Yes, this is Miss Poole. I'm sorry it took so long for me to answer the phone. It's been a very difficult week for me. I sincerely hope you will forgive the intrusion of a stranger upon your privacy at this time of sorrow. But I have a message of the utmost importance. I am Dr. Arthur Lorenz, the Grand Master of the Temple of Exotic Mysteries. Annie, it's him. I beg your pardon, Miss Poole? Um, oh, nothing at all. You said something? Me? Oh, oh, no. Someone here just asked me, um, just asked me about uh, if I knew what hymns we should sing at the funeral. Oh, I see. Well, Miss Poole, although I have not had the pleasure of your acquaintance, I felt compelled to call you today because of something unusual that happened at the temple last evening. Oh? What was that? No. Act uninterested, Sprightly. Not so eager. A message came to me from someone in the next world. The spirit world. What now? No. Just act disinterested, darling. Not belligerent. Wait. You said there was a message? Yes, Miss Poole. The message of a lost and lonely soul crying for warmth and comfort. The voice of one who has crossed the pathway into the other world. He called himself Ephraim Poole. Ephraim? Uncle Ephraim? Is it my dear departed Uncle Ephraim? That I do not know, Miss Poole. But I did think you might want to know he is trying desperately to contact you. He called out for you. Oh, sure. I beg your pardon? I said, for sure. I better come down and see you. And right away, Dr. Lorenz. If I might offer a suggestion, Miss Poole. Perhaps tonight, about nine? Nine? All right. Now, you said the Temple of, uh... Exotic Mysteries. The Temple of Exotic Mysteries. On East 36th Street. Thanks, and thanks so much for calling. You don't know what this means to me. It is always a privilege to aid those who are in need of comfort and guidance, my dear. So, until tonight, goodbye. Yes, goodbye. Yo, goat. Well, Sprightly, he took the bait. Hook, line, and sinker, sugar plum. I got an invite to his phony temple at nine tonight. Good. In that case, we'd better get busy. We've got a lot of work to do. Work? What kind of work? 
The big bad spider, darling, has just invited us poor, helpless little flies into his parlor. So we've got to ready for our visit by packing loads and loads of nice, sticky flypaper. We will return to this episode of Hot Copy in just a moment. But first, please listen to a few words from our sponsor. Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Good Nightmare Podcast, a podcast where I like to talk about all things strange and unusual, whether it's mysteries, historical crimes, or fairy tale origins. I hope you'll come along for the ride and join me as we delve into some spooky tales. Happy listening! And now... Back to Hot Copy. In endeavoring to trap a fake spiritualist, Anne and Sprightly have agreed to come to a seance. They are just now entering the Temple of Exotic Mysteries. Yes? Um, my name is Poole. Spratly Poole. You are a neophyte? Following the Master? No, I was born here. I follow the Dodgers. Ouch! Hey, Annie, my ribs. That hurts. You may enter. I will tell the Master that you are here. idea of poking me. Don't make jokes, Sprightly. This is serious business. If anyone suspects why we are really here, our whole plan will fall through. But Annie, I... And don't call me Annie, or even Anne. Remember, tonight my name is Jenny Dickinson. Shh, here he comes. Who? Dr. Lorenz. Wow, get a load of that. A turban and a sparkling white robe. Miss Poole? Uh, I, I'm Miss Poole. My dear Miss Poole, I am so glad that you were able to come tonight, dear lady. I am certain that your journey took a great effort in your time of sadness. But I hope you will find in this humble place a small drop of comfort as my recompense. Thank you. I hope you don't mind me having brought a friend. I... I was a bit nervous. But of course not. All troubled hearts are welcome at the Temple of Exotic Mysteries. And now, Miss Poole, we are just about to begin our attempt to attune ourselves to the next world. The world beyond! So, if you and your friend would step into our shrine of universal oneness... Just take a seat anywhere at the sacred table, dear ladies. I shall return in a moment. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thanks. This is quite a place, eh, Sprightly? I'll say. It looks like there's plenty of dough in this racket. Yes, that's the most filthy part of it. Those poor souls think they're paying for comfort and peace of mind. Look, there's Mr. Thayer. 
Where? Oh, that man with the white hair? No, the short man over there, almost bald. Oh, I see. The fringe on his head looks almost like the fringe on my drape. <laughs> Shh, I think we're about to begin. My children, please now take your places at the sacred table. Master, will Margaret speak to me tonight? Perhaps, my friend, perhaps. Perhaps, we shall see. One get your tent, she's gonna speak, if there's a way for Lorenz to get a nickel out of it. Please, Sprightly, hush. Now the lights dim, and with the eyes of blind faith, we tune our hearts to the infinite. Here, O oh loved ones, and come and give us strength and guidance. Out of the dark, the everlasting dark, comes sound and a pulsed contact with the world beyond. They strive to reach us, and now we welcome them to come into our breathless circle. Sprightly, sprightly pool. Sprightly pool. Do not be afraid, Sprightly Pool. Answer with faith and courage. Go on, Sprightly. Say something. Y yes I am Sprightly Pool. Who, who are you? In life, I was known as Ephraim Pool. I was your uncle. Have you forgotten me so soon? Forgot? Oh no, Uncle! Are you... are you happy over there? I am happy now, dearest niece. At first I was very unhappy because I could not reach you. But now the pathway has been opened between us. And... and... what about Aunt Martha? Is she with you, Uncle? Is she well and happy too? Fear not, my dear. She, too, is happy over here. And, and Cousin Cleo, is she there, too? Yes, my dear. She sends her love to you. How am I doing, Annie? Fine, fine. Keep it up. Uncle, is my best friend from back in high school, Katie Donnelly, over there in the next world? I want her to know I felt really bad about her dying in that terrible car crash last year. Yes, dear niece. Do not let your heart be troubled. Well, I'd also like you to tell Katie that I forgive her for trying to steal my boyfriend as soon as I turned my back at that homecoming dance. I mean, I saw her smooching him, so I was red-hot mad about it. But after all... That was a long time ago. Plus, she's dead and all that. It would be kind of dumb for me to keep holding the grudge. So if you see her over there, just let her know I forgive her for everything from way back then. Y yes, I, I will do that, dear niece. And how about your wooden leg, Uncle? When you crossed over, did you get a new flesh and blood one? 
Or did the wooden leg sprout wings? Enough! Miss Poole, what is the meaning of this? This outrage? This crude levity? You beat me to the draw, stranger. I was just about to ask the same thing myself. William, turn on the lights. Please show Miss Poole and her companion out. They disrupt the calm and meditation of our circle. Yes, Master. Okay, pal. But before we go, I'd like you to explain to me, and all of your believers here, how come you were able to put through a call for me to my Uncle Ephraim that I never had? An uncle you never... Miss... Miss Poole? Do you mean to say you never had a... That this was all a, uh... That's right. I never had an Uncle Ephraim or an Aunt Martha. Cleo is my pet goldfish. Now, Katie Donnelly is a real girl, and she did try to steal my boyfriend. I sure felt like killing her back then, but she ain't dead. So, in other words, this entire setup is a big, fat quackaroo of the First Order. Insane lies. This young woman is obviously deranged. Her uncle just died. This story was on the front page of the newspaper this morning. Dr. Lorenz, we know that. You see, I wrote and planted that story myself. You? Who are you? My name's Rogers. Ann Rogers. I write a little column called Second Glance. You might want to make a point of reading it tomorrow, Dr. Lorenz. I think it will interest you. And the police. <laughs> but... Then it's all trickery. Margaret never really spoke to me. Walter was right. I'm afraid he was. I'm sorry, Mr. Thayer, but I think that you and the others who have been victimized by this charlatan shouldn't waste any more of your time and should just leave now. Yeah, before it gets untidy in here. It looks to me like the dock is getting ready to implode. Hmm? I wonder who's knocking at this time of night. Hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. Oh. It's you. Uh, hello? I... I thought this was Miss Rogers' apartment. It is. But she's letting me stay here for a couple of days because my bedroom is being repainted and the fumes are terrible in there. I know it is very late. But I must speak with Miss Rogers before morning. It is urgent. Scram, Ham. Please, Miss Poole. Urgent my foot. But first of all, she ain't here. She's down at the office, tying a tin can to your tail. You mean, writing her column? That's right. But she mustn't. Miss Poole, it will ruin me. No, my dear young lady, you or her friend speak to her. Plead with her to kill the story. I will pay you any amount you ask. It's been, um... Nice to see you again, but good night now.
You mean, you refuse? This door closes from the inside. I see. Well then, in that case, Miss Poole... Look, pal, I told you. No, Miss Poole, you look. Look into my eyes. Deeply. Deeper. 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 Yes, that's it. Your mind is clouded. It is numb. You have no will of your own. Do I speak the truth? I have no will of my own. You speak truth. You will be obedient to all of my commands. I am obedient to your commands. I am now putting a knife in your hand. I am holding a knife in my hand. Yes, that is a knife. A very sharp knife. But now, having seen it, you will now erase all memory of it. You will hereafter be unaware of its existence. <clears throat> now listen carefully. I will be leaving shortly. Miss Rogers will come home at some point afterward. You will not mention my visit here. Do you understand my instructions so far? I... I understand. Next, you will wait until she goes to bed. When she falls asleep, you will rise. Then quietly go to her bedside. You will raise the knife and bring it down swiftly and forcefully. Not merely once, but many times. Not once, but many times. You will then get dressed quickly, go to your office, and destroy the story that Miss Rogers is writing tonight. Will you follow my instructions? I will do as you command. Your instructions are clear. Good. Then, good night, my dear young lady. I wish you a very pleasant evening. <laughs> Hi, Sprightly. I finished the story. It's all set to roll in the mor- Good heavens, darling. What's the matter? Matter? Nothing is the matter, Anne. Why? You look so... strange. Why are you... Has anyone been here, Sprightly? I have seen no one. But, Sugarplum, are you sure? You must be tired. You should go to bed. Yes. You run along. I'll be with you in a moment. Yes, I'll run along. You'll be with me in a moment.
You will wait until she goes to bed. When she falls asleep, you will rise. Then quietly go to her bedside. Well, that's that, Sprightly. Why don't you turn in? You must be dead on your feet, darling. Yes, I will. I'll meet you in Dreamland in a few minutes. Meet you in Dreamland in a few minutes. Meet you in Dreamland in a few minutes. Raise the knife and bring it down swiftly. Raise the knife and bring it down swiftly. Been working like a dog lately. My feet is killing me. Brain fatigue. Killing me. Brain fatigue. He promised the spirit voice he'd do anything it is. Promised the spirit voice he'd do anything it is. Master, will Margaret speak to me tonight? You must be dead on your feet. My feet is killing me. You are a neophyte? Following the master? Not merely once, but many times. Not merely once, but many times. Good night, Sprightly. I am now putting a knife in your hand. I am holding a knife in my hand. But now, having seen it, you will hereafter be unaware of its existence. You will wait until Miss Rogers has gone to bed. When she falls asleep, you will rise. Then quietly go to her bedside. Do you understand? I understand. You will raise the knife. Raise the knife. And bring it down swiftly, forcefully. Right here, Anne. Grab her, Larkin. Got her. Uh, stand still, Miss Poole. Anne! Anne! I've killed her! Killed her! No. No, you haven't, Sprightly. See? I'm all right. I'm right here beside you. The the knife? I, I remember now. He gave me a knife, ordered me to raise it, bring it down swiftly. Yes, here it is. Stuck into my mattress. Mike, remind me to look up those so-called experts who say that a person can't be hypnotized into committing a murder. That I will, Miss Anne. Good Lord. If you hadn't guessed what was up, you'd be a dead duck by now. Flanagan! Mr. Larkin! What, what are you doing here? Miss Rogers called us, uh, just before she went to bed. Told us we better hurry over here. To get evidence, she said. 
Well, <laughs> we got it. Yes, Mike. Enough evidence to send Lorenz to jail for a long, long time. Not only on an extortion charge, but on a charge of inciting to murder. Murder? Oh, Annie, I almost... I didn't know what I was doing. He must have hypnotized me. He, he came while you were at the office. Yes, I realized that, even though you said no one had been here. You, you did? But how? A certain strangeness about your appearance, my sweet. You mean I looked peculiar? Yes, very peculiar. You see, you are wandering around the apartment brandishing a knife, like as though you were Lady Macbeth. A knife? <gasps> I remember now. He said, haven't seen it, you will hereafter be unaware of its existence. I see. Evidently, Dr. Lorenz is a better hypnotist than he intended. You were so completely unaware of the knife's existence that you made no effort to hide or conceal it. Well, I'll be. <laughs> but don't worry about him no more. Neither of you. We'll have this guy, Lorenz, under lock and key before morning. Yes, please do that, Mike. I wouldn't want Sprightly to meet Dr. Lorenz right now, because I don't like that look in her eyes. It's not from hypnosis. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to our 20th episode. We hope you agree that it's truly a milestone. It's amazing. We started out with barely three dozen listeners to our first episode, and now we have thousands every single month. Plus, we get some very nice comments and feedback. For example, one person recently wrote, This is a great radio podcast. I'm glad the scripts were saved, found, and recreated by this talented group. The stories are fun and exciting. Just what is needed for hot copy. Thank you for writing that. You have no idea how much your positive comments mean to us. Other listeners have told us that they listen while doing housework, exercising, walking the dog, or during quiet times at their job. We're so glad to be a pleasant addition to your daily life. Well, anyway, you get the picture. <laughs> As long as you keep listening, we will keep making episodes. Thanks again, everybody. Goodbye, listeners. We love you, every one of you. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of Out of This World, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, Originally broadcast on Sunday, May 29th, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Dan Ware as Dr. Arthur Lorenz, Jerry Kokich as Lieutenant Mike Flanagan, Scott R. McKinley as Walter Larkin, Pete Lutz as Roger Thayer, Sharon Grunwald as Margaret Thayer, David Robbins as Ephraim Poole, Frank Guglielmelli as the doorkeeper, and yours truly, Logan Smith 
as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script, written by Nelson S. Bond. Special audio ambience assistance was provided and produced by Chaos Doll. All other sound effects are from freesound.org. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us on there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. <laughs>